Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Treva Brandon Sharp. Treva, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken, so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So for anybody out there listening that may not be familiar with Treva, let me give you her background. She is a Los Angeles-based writer, dating coach, fitness professional, radio host, and first-time bride at 50. With over 35 years of fitness industry and many more in the dating world, Treva knows firsthand how to achieve peak performance in both life and love. She writes about surviving singledom and finding love later in life at her blog, The Late Blooming Bride. She's also a contributor at Huffington Post, Hollywood Progressive, Midlife Boulevard, Curves Connect, and Better After 50. Treva currently hosts the internet radio dating show, Done Being Single, with her husband Robbie, on the Voice of America radio network. And when she's not imparting dating wisdom or tough love, Treva volunteers as a Special Olympics coach and a Fulfillment Fund mentor. Treva, you have a very full plate. Oh my God, I do. <laughs> do me a wow. favor. Tell me I'm, how you got into doing what you're doing now, though. I'm exhausted just listening to my my own bio. Um, okay, so how did the radio show come about? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, how did you get started doing all this work? Okay, so the the turning point for me, the life changer, the game changer, was, was getting engaged. And that um, changed everything. Not just my life and my social life, but my professional life too. Because right after I got engaged, I thought, wow, this is a story. A 50-year-old never been married woman gets married uh, for the first time to a guy who is also in his 50s and who also has never been married and I thought that was a story worth telling and not just not just the wedding details which made up the first few blogs oh so I started a blog called the late blooming bride and then the late blooming bride went from wedding planning stuff and just documenting just funny, my funny experiences along my journey to the altar, it grew and it started to become more wisdom and more information and more guidance to women and men out there that might be getting older and, you know, losing hope and find themselves struggling through, uh, through single life. So I continued with the blog, we got married, and then uh, continued with the blog, and I started writing for other publications, which you mentioned, so I became a bit of a dating advice um, writer, and then in December 2017, I was approached by um, uh, Voice America Network, asking me if I wanted to do a radio show based on the blog. I agreed. I said, yes, I got my husband involved and we came up with the name done being single. 
And that's where we are right now. And I'm growing my business and I'm branding myself as a dating coach. And it's very exciting. And yes, I have a lot. I have a full plate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think that's great. I, I love the way this all evolved very organically and, and, you know, sharing that experience because it is something that is out there. There's all these people thinking I'm past the point where it's even possible. I should just get used to being single the rest of my life. But that's not true. Right. Um, there is something to be said for hope. Um, gosh, hope saves the day. And you should never give up, give up hope. But there's also power in letting go. Um, there is peace in surrender. And, um, and when um, you asked me what my mantra was... I wrote down surrender mm. because um, I gave, I kind of gave up a little bit. I mean, I didn't give up on love when I turned 50. Um, what I did was I gave up on working and waiting and wondering, is it going to happen? Am I going to get married? Is it, you know, it was a lot of um, stress and angst and I was tired of it. And so I sort of threw in the towel and that's when the magic happened. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> you know, there's something to be said about, um, you know, uh, when you things happen when you least expect it. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. Things happen when you when you loosen the death grip yes. on on life. And, you know, there I truly I'm, a, I'm in the fitness business. I teach my my clients to work hard um, and I'm all for hard work. I'm all for doing the work, but I will tell you there is strength in letting go. Tell me more about that. Because it's, it's, there's just some things in life you cannot make happen by the sweat of your own brow. And I'm a very willful, willful person. Everything I thought in life, I had to, anything I wanted in life, I had to work hard for, I had to really put forth effort. And most of the time I had to over, I over efforted. And it kind of got me nowhere. Um, and I just, when I turned 50, um, I made peace with just being single and being accepting where I was. And I decided to make the best of it. And I decided to give up a little bit of that control, that need to control and some things in life, like I said, you cannot make happen by the sweat of your own brow. And that's, that's love. And I believe in making yourself as healthy as possible. I believe in working hard to get healthy and look good and be healthy on the inside. But I, I draw the line when it comes to, and I would advise people to set their own boundaries when it becomes, when this, the pursuit of love becomes so consuming, so all-encompassing um, that it is detracting from your enjoyment of life, it's, it's, that's the time to let go. Loosen the grip, turn your attention toward other things, find some happiness elsewhere in life. And usually when, like I said, you're not looking, um, the beauty happens, the magic happens. Yeah, that that is is wonderful advice, and you know I I love the part you said there about 
you know, find something that makes you happy. Because clearly, if it's not making you happy, this, you know, hell-bent pursuit of love, it's probably not in alignment. There's something you're doing that doesn't really match up with where you're going. You just don't realize it. Yeah, I'd say if you keep coming up, if you're working super hard and you keep coming up empty, or the other scenario is if you're working super hard and you keep uh, getting the same results over and over again, well, we all know what the definition of insanity is. So um, uh, in that, in both of those scenarios were happening to me over and over again. And then I just, I don't know, something inside me said, that's it, I give. I give. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. And you know what? I am going to embrace it. And the minute I said that, I met my husband. Yeah. No, it's 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 such a great great example and you know, I I think I, I hadn't thought about this before, Trevor, but I mean, there's so many parallels between fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have your goals in fitness and maybe you have this workout that's the best workout you've ever done and then you plateau. Mm-hmm. You can't seem to get past it. You're like, yeah, but it's my best workout ever. And it's like, but you have to change something or nothing will change. Mm-hmm. That's as far as that technique can take you. Yes. Um, uh, there are so many parallels <laughs> um, to fitness, fitness and love, fitness and dating. And I apply what I learned as a fitness professional to my dating life. And I, that's how I guide my clients, um, whether they're looking to get into shape, uh, lose weight, or, or, you know, find the man of their, or the, you know, person of their dreams. It's, it's a balance. You've got you've to find balance. You can't go to the gym every day and work super hard. You'll burn out. You'll hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll lose hope if, you know, if, and you can't, and you've got to apply the same sort of, um, work ethic or the, you know, that same, um, philosophy to your, to your, your dating life, to your single life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's do this, Trevor, because I want to, one of the things our our guests are, I'm sorry, our listeners love about the show is that our guests are so generous in sharing their own stories. And I'm wondering if you'd share with us, like, What's a time in your life when you kind of, well, you kind of tripped up in your partnership and and tell us what you were doing and what you tripped on and then what did you ultimately learn from that that has helped you move forward? Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, what's really funny is that my entire single life was just a series of trips, tripping, (laughs) trips, trips and falls, trips and falls. I literally tripped my way to the altar. I did. It was all... Trial and error, trial and error, you know, um, meet a guy, uh, date a guy, break up with a guy, you know, meet, date, break up, meet, date, break up. It was just, that was my rhythm. And, um, and I would keep tripping and I kept tripping. And I think probably the worst trip up was someone I met in my early forties and my biological, I'm a, I'm a late bloomer. I am totally definition of late bloomer and as such my biological clock went off a little later than most women so at 42 
I met a guy and I was hell bent on making it work. I had to make this relationship work. There was the stakes were really high and there was a lot riding on it. And, and I, you know, my fertility window was closing and this guy was the last train out. And, um, by any means necessary, I was going to make it work. The problem was that he was about the worst choice I could have made. He was just entirely the wrong person for me. And I kept trying to shove the square peg into the round hole. And it was, it was a, it was like a year and a half of hard labor and it was painful and frustrating. And he eventually, he actually did me a favor and Oh, oh, we had broken up a few times and it was the, it was just like a very sick, dysfunctional relationship with a guy who was a little kind of sick and dysfunctional himself. But at, towards the end, he did to me what I could not do. And he, he cheated on me. I found out he cheated on me and it, it made it, it, I had to end it for the sake of my sanity and my dignity and, you know, and my mental health. That was a huge trip up, but the trip up, um, took me to a, the next level in my, um, self-respect and that was a good thing. So, you know, sometimes there's an old saying that, um, you never know when you're having good luck. And at the time it was the hardest, most painful relationship. But, and, and I remember someone saying to me, you know, one day you'll thank him. One day you'll thank him, and I would say, no way, I hate his guts, he, he, you know, he hurt me, he caused me terrible pain and suffering. And guess what? Uh, I can look back on it now, and I, and I do, I thank him. Mm-hmm. So that was probably the stupidest choice I could have made. It was a bad trip up, but I'm, I'm going to kind of half blame it on my, my clicking, t- my clicking, t- my ticking clock, <laughs> because a ticking clock will do terrible things to a woman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And <clears throat> you make a wonderful point there when you said, you know, you're like, no way will I ever thank this guy. And now, ultimately, you probably would. And I, it reminded me of a quote I heard from um, Michael Beckwith. And he said, when something ends, especially if it ends in a way that you don't care for, you can sit there and try and figure it out. You can sit there trying to, you know, rationalize or justify or do all those things. Or you can simply look for the gift and release the rest. Yes, there's a gift in everything. There is, not to be cliche, but sorry, there is a silver lining. And um, all of those trip-ups, and I mean, they were, some were just silly. Some were, you know, just mistakes and just, you know, can I curse? Am I allowed to curse? Yes. All right. I just fucked up so many times. I made terrible choices, ill-advised decisions. I had affairs with married men. I got into stupid office romances. I chose unavailable guys. All self-inflicted. Okay. No one held a gun to my head. And I can, and I wasted a ton of time. But I, I will say that each one of those experiences it advanced me in some way. Mm-hmm. I, it, I got, I learned a little something. I learned a little something, and it all kind of made sense in the end. Where I have this incredible, 
body of experience and knowledge um, because I made every mistake in the book. And I love to say, you know what? I fucked up. So you don't have to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's such an interesting thing, right? Because we, we think that the only only benefit can come from positive experience. And so many times it's like, I mean, you were rattling off these different ways that, that you tripped up. And, you know, some of us just are a little slower learners than others. And we need to be, we have to go through lots of lessons. And some people get it the first time around, but it doesn't matter as long as you get it. As long as you don't go, well, I should have learned by now. And you just, and you, you got to just go, okay, I don't know. My path to learning this is different than yours. That's fine. But I'm not yeah. going to not learn it because it doesn't look like the way my friend did or my mom did or whoever. Yeah, you you have to leave room for personal, uh, you know, style, free will. Um, it's all relative. Uh, I I wish, you know, I can't, everything, you know, all this this illumination and all the self enlightenment that I have right now. You know, do I wish I had got it 20 years ago? Yes, uh, but no, I didn't. I got it when I got it. And I have to be thankful for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's. I wanted to ask you about something you mentioned um, earlier. You said that you got married in, after you were 50, and, and your husband was also in his 50s and had never been married. Is that correct? Yes. So I want to ask you this because I get this question from, or this comment from lots of women, which is when a man's, let's say, in his 50s or older and hasn't been married before, they automatically write him off because they assume he's either A, a player, or intrinsically flawed and they just haven't found it yet. Because otherwise he wouldn't be available at that point. How did you get past that? Oh my gosh. I think I asked Robbie, I don't know, 14 different ways. Um, why are you single? What's the matter <laughs> with you? <laughs> There's got to be something wrong with you. Why have you been single all this time? Why aren't you married? What happened in your family? What's your relationship like with your mother? What happened? Because I, I just <laughs> thought, there's got to be something wrong with you. Um, and I guess the same argument could be, the same case could be made for me. You know, I'm sure people had their, their suspicions or mm -hmm. their, you know, thoughts. Why is she single? You know, what, I, I would always used to hear, what's a girl like you doing single? Why are you single? Well, um, you know, I, I have some theories. Um, as for Robbie, I honestly think uh, he just hadn't met the, the right one yet. I, and I, I think he's, I'm, I'm so self-examined. I could go on for an hour about why I didn't meet someone. Um, he, not, not, so, not so complicated. He just will say, I didn't meet the, I, ha I just hadn't met the right one. Yeah. And, you know, it's thank you for answering that, because I hear this all the time. And obviously it's 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 going to sabotage the situation. Right. If all you're doing is trying to find a reason why he must be a mess up. And that's why he's still available, which is ironic, because deep down, he's exactly what you want. Um, as it turns out, he's my male counterpart. Uh, he's like the male me. Um, <laughs> but to to women who who think that. Uh, and I just had this situation happen. I met a really nice single guy, 56 years old, about to turn 56, never been married, good looking, 
good job. Um, and when I meet someone that I think is, you know, fresh meat, um, uh, I, I have a ton of single friends and I do a lot of matchmaking. I do a lot of fixing up. And I, so this guy was sort of new and I gave a few of my friends, uh, I gave my, their, my friend's number to him. And when I was telling my friends, okay, this guy is going to call you the first thing out of their mouth is, well, what's wrong with him? He's never been married. He's 56 years old. There's got to be something wrong with him. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, you know, I've struggled with this as a late bloomer. I have often, especially in those times of total despair where I would cry and curse and and look, you know, to the universe and say, why, why, why am I still single? Why can't I meet a great guy? Why can't I get married? Um, it just wasn't my time yet. Maybe I had to work out some issues. You know, it's, it's, it's such an individual journey. I would say to anybody who's single, um, there's nothing wrong with you, but you know yourself best. And if you feel if you felt anything like I did where you kept in this, we said this at the, um, at the outset, if you put in all this effort and you keep coming up empty, or if you put in all this effort and you keep getting the same result, that's something to look at. And I'm not suggesting there's a defect or there's dysfunction anywhere, but I know for me personally speaking, it was, it was food for thought and it took me on a journey and I went inside to figure out, hmm, what is taking me so long? So I chose to go to take the inner the, the journey inward. Um, a lot of people don't want to do that because it's hard. It's like the gym. People are afraid. People uh, are intimidated. They don't want to go inside. They're afraid of what they'll find. They're afraid of pain, facing their fears. Same thing, you know, whether you're trying to build muscle or fix your insides, fix your operating system, it's the same thing. It's something you either want to take on uh, or you don't. Um, but in the case of guys or people that are still not, not married, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't generalize. I don't think they're not... It's, I don't know, maybe some are fucked up. I don't know. I don't, maybe this guy that I'm trying to fix up, maybe there is something wrong with him. I, I don't know. Well, it's funny because I, I love what you just said there because it's, it's kind of like, you know, shopping for a dress, right? Everybody doesn't fit in the same dresses. So you could desperately, like, man, I wish I could fit in that dress, but it's not a match. So it doesn't mean the dress right. is wrong. That's not why it's on the rack, because there's something wrong with it. It's on the rack because it just happens to be there. But it's not yours. You don't try and squeeze yourself into it. You go, I always love those kind of dresses. It just doesn't work for me. Um, right. That is uh, exactly the attitude you need. It is. It has to be organic. And it has to be, uh, you know, a lot of people say relationships are work. And they are work. But get but dating and um and romance and courtship should not be work and if it feels like you're trying to fit your foot into a shoe that's too tight or 
or just doesn't look good or feel good, chances are it's not. Um, again, it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's just it's not it's not right for whatever reason. And you have to you have to respect um, the bigger plan and timing and and sort of roll with the punches. So that's another thing that I got I got good at. I just thought, okay, um, this is how I'm rolling. This is my this is my pace. This is my rhythm. And uh, when I'm you know when I meet him, I'll meet him. And if it never happens, that's okay too. And it all comes back to what you said is your mantra, which is surrender. Surrender, yes. That's such a big thing. <laughs> yes. You know, it's we so go, hard. Okay. I, I, I live in Boulder, Colorado, and, and we've got a uh, creek that runs through town that people do uh, tubing on, you know, where they get on the inner mm -hmm. tubes and float down. Mm -hmm. And it always fascinates me to watch people doing that because you'll see the people who are surrendering to the stream, right? They're just floating along, they bounce off a rock, and they move down, and they're having a great time. And then you see the person who's fighting everything, trying to control it. They're running into every tree and every rock. They're miserable. They fall out of the tube six times in 10 minutes. I mean, they're having a terrible time. And last year, I was actually sitting on the, the banks of the creek reading, and, and this guy rolls by, and there's about four people with him, and they're just having a blast. They're floating along backwards, front ways, having a great time. And he gets there, and he'd already fallen out twice since I could see him. And he looks up at me, and he goes, this is the most miserable thing I've ever done. Uh -huh. And I just looked at him like, do you not see that if you just surrender to this, the stream's got you? Yeah. You're going to be like your friends having a blast. But you're trying to control everything. And you think you know everything. And you want it to look this way and that way. And you don't think you should ever turn around backwards. And he was miserable. Surrender is um, the hardest thing you could ever do because it's scary as hell. Giving up control mm -hmm. is just frightening. But I will tell you, it's the most liberating thing you'll ever do. It just will free you. By the way, I went to I went to see you, Boulder. Oh, did you really? Yes, and one of my very favorite ex boyfriends lives there, so it has a spot in my heart. Nice. Yeah, so I love you it. You know there. the creek. Excellent. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, Trevor, this has been fun, and we've now gotten to a part of the show I call Bring It All Home. And uh -huh. this is where we're going to step away from stories. We're going to leave the listeners with some specifics they can take and run with. And the first one I want to ask you, what would you say, other than surrender, is the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received from someone else? None. Uh, uh, no, I've, none. None. Isn't that crazy? I never got any any advice whatsoever. I had really bad role models. Mm. Um, my parents were divorced when I was really young. Uh, neither of them remarried, except my dad did uh, about 20 years ago. And so, no, I got no guidance whatsoever. No mentoring. Wow. So I can't, I can't. I wish I could answer that question. And by the way, marriage. I'm I'm four years into this thing. Um, I'm going to be really honest. I could, you know what? I could use some advice. I'm still new. It's, um, it's a, it's like a real mind blower, you know, to, to be having been single and alone and, and independent and solid and, and, 
you know, just on my own for all these years and then to be suddenly partnered, it is, it's incredible. It's a real eye opener. Yeah, I, I always say that, you know, no matter where we are in our relationship journey, we're still a couple of teenagers bumbling around in the dark. I mean, as much as we think, oh, at this stage, I should know stuff. We don't. It's still a process. It's still scary. It's still, you know, empowering and freaking you out at the same time. That's the process. And yes. nobody gets it all. Oh, it's perfect. Because if they're saying it's perfect, they're not paying attention. Mm. There's something going on that you're just avoiding or not addressing. That doesn't make it perfect. Mm -hmm. It's not designed to be perfect. It's designed to be an evolution. It's a growth process. Nothing will have you grow more than being in a relationship because all your stuff's right in your face. Yes. Um, I am, a, you know, we're both my husband and I like to call us marriage virgins. Nice. Because we're we're just figuring this out together. I yeah. mean, he has a little bit a little bit of the advantage in that he's lived with women. Mm. I have never cohabitated with a boyfriend. I wow. never lived with a guy. So this is like mind blower. Absolutely. But I wish I got um, relationship advice. I wish yeah. I wish I had gotten some better mentoring. But oh well. You still got I there. It I figured it out, man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so if you had to pick just one book or resource that you'd recommend for our listeners, which would that be and why? Um, the Four Agreements. Hmm. Uh, it's short. It's fast. It's all killer. No, no filler, as I like to say. <laughs> um. It's wisdom and advice for life, but so um, it, it's I, I read it and it just it really crystallized everything. It, it's helped me enormously, and um, I highly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely amazing book. It's on my nightstand. It stays yes. there all the time because I reference it all the time. Yeah, absolutely brilliant book. So, Trevor, I I want to ask if you would help us leave our listeners with an example of the payoff of partnership. And what I mean is, give us a specific example of something where you were able to do this thing or create this thing or experience this thing that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't been in partnership. Um, I am learning. Okay. So you're talking to, uh, a, a a fiercely independent woman who is so used to doing everything for herself, fixing her own stuff, navigating her own way in the world. Um, I, I'm an only child, so I didn't have any older brothers or sisters to help pave the way. It's been um, a self-education. Um, and, and so partnering now with someone part of the wonder and marvel of it and the payoff and this might sound crazy but I have never let anyone take care of me that's I get that 
I don't know that concept. And this is like, I have to remember, oh yeah, I have a thing called a husband who is there for me, who has my back and supports me and lifts me up and and I and oh and the other part of it is and I'm not a burden Mm. that's the other part of it because I never wanted to be a burden on anybody and I forget that I have this wonderful loving person Um, I forget sometimes I forget to let the man be the man Yeah, that's that's such an incredibly powerful thing to share. And, you know, you, you, as you were saying that, it was just reminding me that this, this ability to be receptive, basically, is it's a muscle that for many women has atrophied. You've spent so long doing everything, sometimes because you had to, sometimes just because you could, sometimes because you didn't want to be a burden. Lots yeah. of different motivators. But because of that, you've been in this doing mode and you've lost contact with receiving. And receiving is scary as hell now. It's like, mm-hmm. do not, no, that's like the most vulnerable thing in the world. The weakest thing, I'm totally exposed if I receive. And it's hard to do. So it is. It's a practice. It's literally like going to the gym and building up that muscle again. In the first couple of days, it probably didn't go really well you're going to feel goofy you're going to think everybody's looking at me why don't i know how to do this already but i'm here to tell you ladies whoever's out there listening i hear this every single day in the women i talk to Mm -hmm. it's been trained out of most women and then you get in the situation just like trevor shared so beautifully where he's there and you forget yeah i forget and i and then, because I think I'm, I'm just so used to doing everything by myself, you know, and that's the, the problem with um, being such a, so, so controlling and, um, you know, surrender and being vulnerable are scary. They're very scary mm-hmm. um, because, I, you know, it was my defense mechanism. I knew I could always take care of myself. Yeah. So I would never really allow myself to ever lose it and let go it's like that that um you know that exercise they do at um corporate retreats that the trust building exercise where they have you i don't know if they still do that but you know close your eyes fold your arms and just fall backwards Mm -hmm. no effing way would i ever do that (laughs) Yeah. But I, but I would now. Yeah. I maybe not wouldn't have done that, you know, a few years ago. But you know, now, I've I let go and I have faith, and that takes work too. Faith is not does not come easy for me, because mm-hmm. once again, everything I get in the world is from the sweat of my brow. Yeah. Yeah. What if it wasn't? Right. Right, and look what happened when I stopped trying. Yeah, uh, this is yes. You see how the universe works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's interesting um, because uh, you know you're you're exactly right. It's it's where we 
where we try and control actually gives us a false sense of control. Because we really aren't in control, let's be honest. And one of my favorite comments in the world is one I heard years and years ago, which is, how do you make God laugh? Mm -hmm. Tell him your plans. Mm -hmm. And the first time I shared that with a friend of mine, I can still remember we were here in Boulder and we were riding bikes and I don't know what we were talking about that made me share that. And she just starts busting up laughing. She goes, oh, my God, God much, must laugh a lot. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, because we mm -hmm. all think we're in charge. Yeah, you're not. You don't have any control. I mean, you, you can guide. You can make good decisions for yourself. You can, you know, I'm not saying that it's it's all, um, you know, random. Um, and I wish I had exerted a little bit more control in certain times of my life where I made some bad, I, I took some bad turns, you know. Um, but it's, you know, the the concept of surrender and letting go, um, like I said, it's a, it is a muscle. It takes just as much strength to bear down, to let go as it does to bear down. Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent. Thank you. Yeah. So Trevor, I mean, we barely scratched the surface. I think it's pretty clear you and I could go on for days. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> would you do me a favor? Would you let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about what you do? Sure. Um, you can find me at my website, which is trevabrandonsharf.com. And then you can also go to our radio um, show website, which is donebeingsingle.com. Com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at done being single, Twitter at done being single, and then I am at Trevor Be Me at uh, at Twitter at Twitter and uh, on Twitter and Trevor Be Me on Instagram. Awesome, thank you. And for anybody listening who was scrambling for a pen and paper, relax. We're going to have all those links on the show page on Speaking of Partnerships website. So you'll just type in Treva and you'll go right there. And at the bottom of the page, you'll see links to everything she just shared with you. So don't sweat it. It's going to be available. It'll be really easy to follow up with her. Well, Treva, I thank you so much for being so open and candid and sharing your incredible insights. I'm going to take a ton away from this. I know our listeners will, too. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh my gosh, thank you, Ken. It's been great. I actually, um, it's been enlightening for me. And as, and I, as I'm hearing myself speak, I'm actually learning more and getting gaining more insights into my my journey. And it's, you know, there's something kind of interesting when you talk about your story. <laughs> um, I like it. It's really great. And I and if I can help people along the way, if I could inspire people and or motivate then my job is really done. Um, but the truth of it is that I am kind of new to the partnership world. Um, so I'm, we're all in this together. I can tell you everything you need to know about being single, but you guys could probably tell me a thing or two about being in a partnership. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, too. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday, 
It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.